Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Uproar Conference 2022. Um, I can't wait to see you guys uh, live and in person. It's time to get back. I'm ready. All night. I want to see somebody in the comment section all night. Who's ready? Uh, we're shutting it down this year. We're shutting it down. Um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm so glad I get to be the one uh, to speak to you tonight. I believe that I, I have something very, very important uh, to share with you. Uh, for those of you that are that are on, I know these are the these are the on fire people. These are the ones uh, ready to turn the world upside down. And um, I want to I want to take the time that I have with you to talk about what I believe really is probably the most important tool that you have at your disposal as a believer. And that is uh, the tool of speaking in tongues. I want to talk about speaking in tongues because I don't think it gets talked about often enough, but specifically, I want to give you five things uh, about speaking in tongues to, to think about tonight. And I also want to put a challenge out. I want to put a challenge out in 2022 for you to pray in tongues more than you ever have in your entire life in the year of 2022. And of course, these five things I'm going to give you tonight are going to be why I'm challenging you, because I'm going to show you um, what speaking in tongues accomplishes for you as a believer and uh, why it's so vital to every one of us. Um, but I'll tell you some stories along the way, but um, I really, really want to encourage you with that because I don't believe that we are utilizing what the Lord has given us enough. And I got a word um, from the Holy Spirit when I was praying, and it was really a straight up charge. It was a straight up command. Um, it's time for more prayer in tongues. That's, that's what I got in my spirit. It's time for more prayer in tongues. And it was time to press in. And um, as I give these to you, I want to make a couple of things uh, very clear. Um, you know, as a Pentecostal, you know, if you if you're claimed to be a Pentecostal Christian, uh, we believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that takes place after salvation. That's not the same thing as salvation. Of course, it can happen, you know, at the time you're being saved. But salvation happens first and then the baptism in the Holy Ghost. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, according to everything we read in the book of Acts, the, all the narratives where we see people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, the sign that they were baptized in the Holy Spirit is that they spoke with other tongues and in some cases prophesied. But speaking in tongues is there. You see it clearly. I know that's been debated in our generation and people think, no, it's more about walking in love or it's more about other things. It's in the scripture. Uh, nobody got filled with the Holy Ghost and people looked at him like, man. I can tell he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Look how he's walking in love immediately. Man, immediately he's walking in love. It's unbelievable. No, they began to speak with other tongues. That was the that was the sign. That was what we call the initial evidence that somebody's filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, now, that's not the reason you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 that you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an empowerment from God to do what you're called to do as a believer and cause you to be effective, cause you to be equipped and empowered to do what you're called to do before Jesus comes. 
it drops an urgency in your spirit uh, to accomplish those things. So when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you get this wonderful prayer language that is a heavenly language. It truly is a heavenly language. And the Apostle Paul uh, is very clear about that in the book of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14. And uh, he says in the, I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians 14 too. So if you have your Bible or you got your um, another device other than what you're watching this Zoom call on, uh, you can pop it open digitally. 1 Corinthians 14 2, Paul wrote and said this, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men, right? So it's not a language that we use to speak to other men. That's not what speaking in tongues is. He says he does not speak unto men, but unto God. So it's a language given to us with which we speak to God. It's a heavenly language. And the Bible said, for no, no one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit. He utters mysteries in the spirit. So when we pray in tongues, know this right off the bat. It's a heavenly language. It is not God empowering you to you know, speak Chinese or Russian. It is the Holy Spirit empowering you to speak a heavenly language. And you're not speaking unto men or women. You're speaking to God himself. So get this right off the bat. And then Paul, the apostle, really valued speaking in tongues. He, he, he really valued it. In fact, if we pop down to verse five, he said this, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. Now, this is in a church setting, but he said, I want you all to speak with tongues. So this is not something that Paul, the apostle, looked at as just available for a select few group of people. He said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. And then, of course, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. So you can see Paul valued it, and that was something that was extremely helpful in his life and ministry. Um, and that's the case for all of us. You know, it's an advantage. And in fact, those of you that are watching, I want you to, to actually write that in the comments tonight. Um, speaking in tongues, or the ability to speak in tongues is an advantage. I want you to put that in the comments. The ability to speak in tongues is an advantage. It gives us an advantage of the kingdom. Um, one of the biggest questions people have is, you know, how can I uh, be led by the Spirit? How do I know what I'm supposed to do with my life? You know, like, how do I know where I'm supposed to go to college? How do I know what job or career path I'm supposed to take? How do I know who I'm supposed to marry? How do I know where I'm going to live? How do I know what church to attend? And all these different things that even if you read the Bible cover to cover, it's not going to tell you the exact answer to those questions, it might give you parameters, right? For example, you, you think about who should I marry? Well, the Bible will give you parameters on that. You know, don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Don't get married to an unbeliever. It just causes friction and drama and problems. So the parameters are there, but how do you know the exact thing that God has for you? Well, the Bible tells us that those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And that when the Holy Spirit came, he now leads us and guides us into all truth. So we understand that it is the Holy Spirit who, who speaks to us and guides us, tells us what to do. And as we speak in tongues, as we pray in tongues, um, one of the huge benefits, in fact, this is pretty interesting. Have you ever uh, been praying before? 
just like in English, if you're, if you speak English and, and you think to yourself, like, man, I really don't, I'm praying. I've prayed all the things, but I, I really don't know what to pray for. I mean, throw a hand up in the comments. If you've ever been there, I've been there before at, at times in my life where I'm like, I'm praying and I'm like, yeah, but I don't, I don't really know what to pray for. I don't know what to pray for. I'm like all out of ideas. I've prayed for all the normal stuff that, you know, I thought to pray for my family, you know, my, my, my schoolwork, you know, my, my life protection, you know, all these things, God use me. But then like, I, you know, what, what am I supposed to pray for? Well, here's number one that I'm going to give you tonight, a benefit of speaking in tongues, pop over to the book of Romans chapter eight, Romans chapter eight, verse 26 and 27. I'm gonna give you two verses. Romans 8, 26 and 27, check it out. Uh, Paul wrote to the Roman church and said, likewise, the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God, right? So one of the cool things about speaking in tongues is that you can align your prayers directly with the heart of God, the will of God, and you don't even know what you're praying for. You have no idea what you're praying for. I'll give you a cool story. There was uh, a man named Dr. Lester Sumrall. He was a powerful uh, preacher, traveled all over the world. I mean, really did supernatural things in his life. Uh, God called him to travel with another man by the name of Howard Carter. And Howard Carter was on the other side of the world. Now, this is before any cell phones. It's before, uh, you know, really anybody was traveling on airplanes. It was before you had to take a cargo ship to get to the other side of the world and other countries. And he set out by the spirit and by the leading of the Holy spirit left America and found this man, Howard Carter, by the time he found him in New Zealand, by the leading of the Holy ghost. Well, when he connected with him, then they started traveling all over the world uh, through different villages and towns and in the mountains and through Australia, New Zealand and India and China and all these different places. And they'd ride through on, on donkeys and they would walk and they'd be held up in the woods by, uh, you know, bandits and be, be robbed and just all kinds of stuff. Well, every day, um, Dr. Lester Summerall for five straight years, he kept a diary so that he, he'd write down what they were doing, where they were at and what was happening to them. And there was this time when they were overseas, you know, far away from any medical help or anything like that. And in the midst of their travels, he came down with this heavy attack of sickness on his body. And he was laid up, I mean, heavy fever, all this stuff, like uh, in, the, in the back jungles of a nation where there's no help. I mean, you can't run to CVS. There's not an emergency room. There's not a patient first. You know, you're, you're in the jungle in, you know, in the 19 early 30s, you know, and, and there's no, you think about almost 100 years ago. So there's no help. And he's just laid up. I mean, thinking to himself, like, I'm going to die. Like, I am going to die. And all of a sudden, 
one of those days as he was battling that, the fever just broke. I mean, like literally just broke off of him. And he was, he was better. It felt strength came back into his body. Healing and health came into his body. And he was fine. And this is the coolest thing. Years later, he was back in the United States. And he was preaching in, in one of the states. And he, he came across this husband and wife team. And he was sharing with them and, and whatever. And uh, the lady, the, the wife, she asked him. She said, um, Brother Summerall, do you keep a diary? And he said, actually, I do keep a diary. I, I've kept it for the last five years. She said, go back to this specific date in your diary. And what was going on on this specific date? Well, he flips back and there, there it is. It was when he had the sickness. It's when he had the fever. It's when he was going to die in the jungle. She pops open her diary because she keeps one as well. She says, look at this. Here's the same date that was in your diary, in my diary. She said, we don't know why, but we were impressed heavily to start to pray in the Holy Ghost for you and just to pray. We didn't know why. We didn't know why we were praying for you, but we just started praying by the Spirit and praying by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit of prayer. And she said, I always wondered what it was. And she said, I'm so glad we got to synchronize our journals. And, and when he looked, it was the very days that he was struggling with the fever and the sickness from that other country that was going to kill him in the jungle. Well, what happened with this woman as she began to pray in the Holy Ghost? Uh, she prayed to the point that the Holy Spirit, look at this, making intercession for her. Why? According to the will of God, because we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. She didn't have the information to be like, He's about to die over there. There was no cell phones. He couldn't FaceTime home. There was no DMs. You know, he was going to die. But the Holy Spirit interceded through her and her husband. And they prayed by the Holy Ghost for Dr. Summerall. And instead of dying, he lived to continue to preach the word of God and to do all the things God put in his heart. So you see, this is one of the main benefits that as we pray in tongues, the Spirit takes over. And he is, uh, through those tongues, praying the perfect will of God as we pray. We don't know. It could be for someone overseas like that story. It could be something in your near future. You don't know what it is. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the power of God begins to pray through you for things that are in the will of God, but you don't know what they are. So that's number one. And you can put it in the comments. Number one, I can pray the perfect will of God. Write that in the comments, put it in your notes, highlight these verses in your Bible, Romans 8, 26 and 27. I can pray the perfect will of God. And you absolutely can. I can pray the perfect will of God. No question about that. You absolutely can. So that's number one. We need to pray in tongues more often because there are things that we don't know how to deal with them, what's going on, what's going to come in the future. And we can pray in tongues and pray the perfect will of God on the earth. Number two, the second thing you can do, which is extremely important, is you can use it to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in uh, James chapter three, the Bible says that the tongue is an unruly evil that no human can tame. Nobody can tame the tongue. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit in a believer to truly tame the tongue. I mean, if you don't mind telling on yourself, 
if you've gotten to the place where you've said things, you're like, I can't believe I said that. I didn't mean to say that. And you've apologized later. It's like your tongue just gets you, your, your words get you in trouble. Throw up a hand or a peace sign. If you know exactly what I'm talking about, that your tongue has gotten you into trouble more than once. Why? Because it's an unruly evil. It's something that no human being can tame, the Bible says. Nobody can tame it. it. We need the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. Well, one of the things that as we begin to pray in the Spirit, what are we doing? We are yielding our tongue to the Holy Spirit. We're yielding what we say to the Holy Spirit. And on top of that, we are actually making ourselves more sensitive to the Holy Ghost to the point where rather than being carnal, like, like many Christians remain carnal, they don't hear the voice of God, they don't do what God's called them to do, they don't dedicate to the kingdom, rather than being carnal by praying in the Holy Spirit, yielding your tongue and yielding yourself to the Holy Ghost, you, you make yourself more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. Now you're in a place where you can hear the voice of God. And you're, as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, the Lord will begin to speak to you. And as you're getting out of that fleshly nature and stepping over into the spirit, answers start to come. You know, I've, you've heard my story many times of, you know, when I was praying about whether or not Carolyn uh, should be my, my wife or not before I even asked her on a first date. Well, I spent three days fasting and praying, man. And I was praying in the Holy Ghost until I heard the Holy Spirit give me that direction. And it was like a green light. It was like a, let's do this. Let's go. This is the right path. This is the right direction. Well, you better believe I was happy that I prayed in the Holy Ghost when I called her up, you know, and I knew from that moment, you know, she is the one for me. And I began to give God thanks because it was like, uh, rather than feeling that blockage or that hindrance, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know where I'm supposed to go by yielding yourself. See, one of the things praying in tongues does helps you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. And we need that. Trust me when I tell you, more than ever before in 2022, we need a group of young people that are yielded to the Holy Spirit. And so that's one of the things, that's number two, you yield yourself. By praying in the Spirit, I am yielded to the Spirit. So if you're putting it in the comments, putting it in your notes, number two, as I pray in the Spirit, I am yielded to the Spirit. And that is massive for any, any Holy Ghost-filled Christian, because God's got work for us to do, and we've got to get to it. We've got to get to work. I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit. Number three, the third thing that praying in tongues does is it's a form of pure thanksgiving. Pure thanksgiving. I could, I could teach for hours on how powerful thanksgiving is, you know, thanksgiving and praise. They, these are two things that allow you to really recover, recover what the devil has stolen. And, and God begins to fight your battles for you as you thank him and as you praise him. Well, Paul the Apostle uh, proved that point in 1 Corinthians 14. He said that when we pray in tongues, uh, we are actually giving thanks to God. We're giving thanks to God. And uh, that's in 1 Corinthians 14. And uh, let me read to you verses 15 through 17. Listen, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit and I will pray with my mind also. 
I'll sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving? Notice that when he does not know what you're saying, for you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person's not being built up. That's because it's not a language for people to understand, but for God to understand. And Paul's saying here that as you pray in the spirit, you are giving thanks unto God. You're giving thanks unto God. So it's a, it is one way to give pure thanksgiving uh, and praise unto God. And as we do, then things begin to happen. I think about the story of the 10 lepers, right? 10 lepers. Uh, Jesus heals all 10 of them, but then nine continue on to show themselves to the priest. One of them comes back to thank Jesus for what he did. And when, when he comes back to Jesus, Jesus says to him, now you go your way for your faith has made you whole. And even Bible scholars agree that the one man who gave thanks received a supernatural impartation that was different than what the other nine received. They got their healing. But could it be possible when he said, your faith has made you whole, that all of the body parts that may have been lost through that flesh-eating disease of leprosy, could it be that those things were restored back to his body? His fingers came back. His ears came back. Toes, you know, organs of his body that were eaten up. Is it possible that because of his thanksgiving and his praise, he actually recovered not just was healed of the disease, recovered what was lost. And one of the quickest ways to get into God's presence is to thank him and praise him because he inhabits the praises of his people. When you, I can, I don't know if anybody has had this experience besides me. If you have, you know, throw me up an emoji in the, in the comment section or whatever. But have you ever begun to pray in tongues and immediately you felt the Holy Spirit come on you? Like immediately you felt the power of God come upon your, on your body or your mind or whatever it is. I've had that happen to me, man, many, 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 many times. It doesn't take long. Soon as I begin to pray in tongues, I feel the Holy Ghost begin to uh, quicken me. Like, you know, I, I just, you know, that's a weird word to use. It's like a King James word, but it just means to stir me up. You know, uh, you, you feel as you begin to pray in tongues, it just stirs you up supernaturally. And uh, that's key. That's key. Uh, it's pure thanksgiving that stimulates the presence of God in your life. That's number three. So number one, it lets you pray for the unknown. Number two, it allows you to yield yourself to the spirit. Number three, it allows you to unleash pure thanksgiving and praise. But now let's talk about uh, number four and five before I pray with you tonight. Um, number four, uh, it allows you to stimulate the faith that you already have. I want you to put that in the comments. Number four, it allows me to stimulate my faith. It allows me to stimulate my faith. And a good way to think about this is, uh, for example, if you've played sports before, uh, you don't just show up to the sporting event, whether it's a basketball game, a football game, a track meet, whatever. You don't just show up to the game in your street clothes and, you know, just jump in, start playing. No, you, you go into the locker room, you change your clothes, you come out onto the field or to the court or onto the track, 
and you warm up. There's always warm up. You warm those muscles up. If it's basketball, you're doing layup drills and you're all these other things. You know, if it, uh, you might be doing stuff on the football field, you know, sprints or jogs or whatever. And, uh, and warm yourself up. Why? To get your muscles ready for action. I saw somebody say, Pastor Cody never warms up. Pastor Cody just shows up and plays. That's because he's, that's how real he is. He's a beast. But the average person that's not an incredible Hulk warms themselves up before they play. And what, what are you, why are you doing that? Because it's preparing your muscles for action. You don't want to injure yourself. You don't want to overextend yourself. You want to, you don't want to pull anything. You want to warm those muscles up so that they actually will perform at the highest possible level as you've trained those muscles to, to perform. So that's what you're doing. You're, pre you're prepping yourself for action. The same thing is true with your faith. I'm, I'm not just going in cold. I'm going to stir my faith up. I'm going to warm myself up and get myself ready for action. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to get myself ready for action. Uh, that's what Jude wrote, Jude verse 20. This is the scripture for this point. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So as you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're building up that most holy faith, getting it ready. That doesn't give you more faith. It just takes the faith you already have and stirs it to action, gets it ready for action. I mean, I've told this story many times at the Upper Conference, probably many times at his tabernacle, uh, that the, the story when I was in high school, you know, that I that I prayed for my friend who'd gotten injured in a car accident. And I just stood in the waiting room of that high school uh, all, with all the high school students uh, around in the hospital. And I just began to pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. And he's in a coma. And I'm praying tongues and praying tongues until my faith was so built, I couldn't stay in the waiting room anymore. And I ran back into the ICU, went into his room and laid hands on him and commanded him to come out of the coma. And the next day, he was not only out of the coma, but he, the nurses said, we've not seen anybody recover this well from serious brain trauma. He has no memory loss, no motor skill damage. and went through the whole list. But see, the problem was, is that everybody else was just standing around in the lobby. I couldn't stay there. Because I just paced back and forth, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. What was I doing? Stirring myself up for action, for action. And that's what it, that's what it does. That's exactly what it does. When I was a, a, um, a student and had no business really, uh, I mean, I was called to preach, but I had no training. I was not ready by any means. I was probably 16 years old. And my friend, Pastor John Perkey, was gracious enough to let me preach at a morning session at his youth camp. And it was a, a big youth camp. I mean, there were hundreds of students there. <clears throat> I was intimidated and, and all this stuff. And I got up early that morning, man. I mean, I think the morning service I was supposed to speak at, <laughs> I don't think it started till like maybe 10 30, 11 o'clock. And um, man, I was up at like 5 a.m. pacing the dorm, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Because I'm telling you, I was like, man, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. And the Holy Ghost stirred me, stirred me, stirred me. And then, of course, you know, the, if you've ever heard me tell the story, you know what happened. A young man who had broken his leg playing football the day before 
as I'm preaching, gets out of his seat and comes down the middle aisle with his crutches and stands at the altar. He, he said, if, you, if you'll pray for me now, uh, you know, I, I know God will heal this leg. Well, if I would have not prepared my faith for action, I'd have been like, man, I don't know. This isn't a healing service. You know, I, I don't know what I would have done. But see, I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost for hours. My faith was high. I was stirred up and I laid hands on him. And immediately the Holy Ghost hit him. And that leg that was in a cast from the knee down, he started, he dropped his crutches and started stomping that leg right on the cement, healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. See, stimulating your faith and getting it ready for action. That's number four. Let me give you number five before we pray. The, the fifth thing that really gives you an advantage is that when you pray in tongues, you are building yourself up. You're encouraging yourself. Put it in the comments. When I pray in tongues, I encourage myself. And, and this, if I could get this into your spirit, this is really a protection against depression. It's a protection against anxiety and anxiety attacks. It's a protection against suicidal thoughts. It's a protection against this spirit of heaviness. All these things that the devil would love to use to destroy people's lives, speaking in tongues is a protection against heaviness, against all of these things that the devil's been using against our generation. And I wish young people knew that if you would just spend time praying in tongues, if you would just spend time every day praying in tongues, then it's an encouragement. It literally builds you up. It literally uh, puts you in a place where, uh, not naturally, but spiritually, you gain uh, emotional fortitude. It's like God's touching you emotionally as you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Look at what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 14 again, and verse number two, or excuse me, verse number four. 1 Corinthians 14, four. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. And the one who prophesies builds up the church. And so notice this, that when you speak in tongues, the Bible says that you are building up yourself. One translation uses the word edify. To edify is like to encourage. He encourages himself. Uh, it's like David in the Old Testament. He didn't have tongues, but he would encourage himself in the Lord. You can encourage you. You don't have to wait for someone else to encourage you. You can encourage yourself in the Lord by praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm, I want to encourage you is that as you do this on a faithful, consistent basis in 2022, you all these other things used to weigh on your shoulders have to get off of you and go somewhere else. They have to lift off of you and go somewhere else because uh, speaking in tongues is an avenue. It's an avenue into personal encouragement. Now think of this, when you combine personal encouragement, 1 Corinthians 14, with the fact that it's a form of thanksgiving and praise and that God inhabits the praises of his people and in his presence is what? Fullness of joy, fullness of joy. So as we pray in tongues, fullness of joy is ours fullness of, and, and the joy of the lord is what our strength so as i'm praying in tongues joy's hitting me peace is hitting me strength is hitting me and i'm in line uh for what god has planned for me and i'm avoiding every attack of the enemy against my 
uh, emotional realm against my mind. Even my body will be affected. Did you ever think about that? Your body will be affected. If strength comes on you, it's going to affect this physical body. You know, anybody that's battled with depression knows this, that if you battle depression, it has an effect on your physical body. It causes tiredness, fatigue. You know, it causes people to not want to go out and be with people. They want to isolate themselves. It has an effect on your physical body. But when you pray in tongues and that spirit of heaviness lifts off, joy comes, strength comes, right? Because now you're in his presence. All these things start to change. And I want to I want to put a challenge out there before I pray. I want to put a challenge out there for people to get up. If I want you to get up, if you have to, 30 minutes earlier in the morning and spend the first 30 minutes of your day praying in tongues. Spend the first 30 minutes of your day speaking to God in a heavenly language. You might say, oh man, brother Ted, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even filled with the spirit yet. I'm not even, I don't even speak in tongues yet. I want to pray for you at the end of this, um, this, this zoom call, this broadcast. And I want, I want to ask the Lord that if you're not yet filled with the Holy spirit, if you're not ready in that, in that sense that, uh, Jesus told the disciples, don't do anything else until you're filled with power from on high. So that meant they weren't ready. So if you're not ready to do what God's called you to do, take Christian action, live in that way. Tonight's the night, man. Tonight's the night. I just got back from um, two weeks in Indiana, two weeks of revival, Madison, Indiana, Jasper, Indiana. And one of the standout things to me was little kids, five years old, six years old, getting filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. One of them stuck around after the service to talk to me. And uh, her mom was like, what did you want to tell him? And she said, um, tonight, God gave me my private talk to God language. Or I think she said, I got my private talk to God language. And that's the best way she could express it as a little kid. But God doesn't wait until you're 18 years old to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues at five years old. My daughter, Madeline five years old when she got filled with the Holy Ghost. And so you don't have to wait your whole life to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues and be empowered for what you're called to do. You can receive that free gift tonight by, by the power of God. So I'm going to pray for you, but I wanted to put that challenge out for those of you that are filled with the Spirit. Take more time in 2022 than you've ever taken to pray in the Holy Spirit and stir yourself up. Once again, what does it do? Number one, it allows us to pray for the unknown. Number two, it allows us to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit and control the tongue. It's a pure form of thanksgiving and praise. It allows us to stimulate our faith, and it allows us to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And that's the key. So let me pray for you at the end of this, um, at the end of this broadcast. And I believe that if you've not been baptized in the Holy Ghost, that tonight's your night. But if you have been, I'm going to ask God, like in Acts chapter 4, that God tonight would give you a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we come to you in the name that's above every name, Jesus. I ask you to touch every person who's watching this or maybe listening to this content later on other social media platforms. Uh, Lord, I ask you, touch them supernaturally tonight. For those that have never been baptized in the Holy Ghost in their life, let this be the night 
I command you to be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Be filled with the Holy Ghost. Let this be the night, Lord, that they receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Lord, for those that are already baptized in the Holy Ghost, from this night, let a fresh filling, let a fresh baptism come upon everyone that's watching tonight, just like you did, Lord, for those in Acts chapter 4. As we see the day and the age that we're living in, where the spirit of this world is trying to push back against those that are living for Christ. Lord, empower us again, once again, to do what you've called us to do by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for that. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, just for a couple of minutes, those of you that got filled with the Holy Ghost just begin to continue to speak in tongues. But I realize that this is a subject that's maybe not taught on as often as it should be. I know Pastor Cody teaches on it and practices it. But is there anybody that's watching that you had before we flip it back to the team? Is there anybody that had any questions at all about praying in the Holy Spirit or being led by the Holy Spirit? Hey, Faith, um, you know, may maybe you have questions about you know, what it is to be led by the Spirit, how to hear the voice of God. Uh, but if there are any, I'll take just a couple of minutes uh, to answer any questions that you might have, because the Bible teaches that when we're receiving the Word of God, this is the parable of the sower. If we don't understand what we receive, if we don't understand what we hear, then the enemy comes immediately and steals that revelation from anybody that may hear the Bible preached or taught to them. And so I'll always like to take time to uh, answer questions if there are any. I'll give you just a few more seconds if anybody's watching and you do have any. Um, no, Jesus did not speak in tongues that we know of. Great question, uh, Anna. That we know of because, um, of course, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, but the Bible in the text doesn't actually tell us that Jesus spoke with other tongues. So to answer that just by what's written, it doesn't say that he didn't, but it doesn't say uh, it doesn't say that he did, but it also doesn't say that he didn't. And so we don't actually know for sure, but we do know that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost at the Jordan River. And then, of course, he was empowered for ministry. Excellent, excellent question. Absolutely. He could have, Mark, prayed in tongues uh, during that time. We just don't know one way or the other, according to Scripture, uh, whether or not he did. But we know it's commanded for every believer, and it's the, the expectation of Christ. So it's a great question. Any other questions before we turn it back to the team? And I, I love you guys. Um, when we're speaking in tongues, we don't know what we're saying, but is there a way to distinguish between when we're praising God and then when we're praying in the spirit? Only if, and this, this is, this is my answer to that question. Only if the Holy spirit somehow gives you the interpretation of what you're praying, because we know that two of the gifts of the spirit are tongues and the interpretation of tongues. So maybe you've been in a church service before where somebody stood up and gave a word in tongues, and then either they or someone else interpreted for the body what was said in that word in tongues. Well, unless the Lord, and that, I have had that happen many times, where I'm praying in tongues, but I have an inner knowing of what it is I'm praying for. 
And then there's other times that I'm praying in tongues and I just know that it's fellowship with God. It's just communion, if you will, with the Lord. It's me thanking him, loving him, praising him in that way. And that's an excellent question. Excellent question. Any other questions? Yeah, and I'm praying for cast faith. I really, really am. I, I think that's going to be a turning point, uh, this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It gives you authority. Uh, that's a good question, but I can't see the full thing. There we go. Um, how do you distinguish between what the Holy Spirit is saying and just like really good ideas that I made up? Well, one of the things I think that helps is when you are, um, for me anyway, I can give you my own experience, is that a lot of times something that the Holy Spirit tells me to do, I had no desire to do it in my flesh, so it couldn't have been my own good idea because I didn't even want to do it. It's not like, oh, I have an exciting idea. I want to do this, and I want the Lord to get on it with his, with his favor and his power. There are times when the Lord's given me something, and I'm like, seriously? Like, I'm, that's what you want me to do? And that's, that's the majority of the times. It's like, I had, not, I had no preconceived notion of this, no idea, and I get this word from the Holy Spirit. It's like, really? So that's not something I thought up. It wasn't my idea. You know, and so a lot of times you're a great verse to remember when it comes to this kind of stuff is Galatians chapter five, verse 17, because the Bible says that the flesh is constantly opposed or at war with the spirit. The flesh is constantly at war with the spirit. So if the spirit is telling you to do something, sometimes, in fact, many times the uh, flesh will push back against what the spirit is telling you to do. And so your flesh, your flesh will almost resist it. Like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't feel, I don't, man, that's not in my wheelhouse. But, but when the Holy ghost gives it to you, your spirit man will jump up though. Your mind doesn't understand it. And your flesh doesn't feel like doing it. And that's how, you know, my, my spirit jumps at that, at that thought, but it's not something my flesh ever considered nor my mind. And my flesh is almost pushing back. Excellent question. And that's also one of the great ways to know that you're being led by the spirit because the, the spirit of God's not going to lead you into uh, turmoil and worry. The Bible says we're led by peace. We'll go out uh, with joy and be led forth by peace. Isaiah 55, 12. Whenever I'm being led by the spirit, I always go in the direction where peace is leading me forward. Where it's not like this. If, if I imagine myself going this way, it's like, oh, I feel like, you know, worry and turmoil this way. I don't feel it's right. And then this way, I feel perfect peace. I'm led by peace. You're led by peace because uh, the, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. Mark said, will tongues be our language in heaven? You know, I don't know, Mark, and it's a great question, but I'll tell you another question along those lines that I've often thought about is that when God created Adam and Eve, the Bible says that God would come down in the cool of the day and walk and talk with Adam. But I always ask myself, since there was no nation of Israel, there were no Hebrews, there was none of that, what language did they speak to one another in? Is it possible? Now, of course, you can't be dogmatic about this because the Bible doesn't say. But is it possible that God and Adam were speaking to one another in a heavenly language? Well, of course, I believe it was a heavenly language because God is heavenly. But was it tongues? Was it speaking in tongues? And then God, of course, is 
reuniting us with his original plan for creation now that Christ has come, who is the last Adam. And Jesus redeemed us and brought us back to God's desire for man, which is communion and relationship with him. Very interesting question, but I don't know because the Bible doesn't say, but it's a cool thing to think about. It's very possible. Very possible. Any other questions before we throw it back? These are great questions, by the way. Really great questions. Give you just a few more seconds, and then we'll turn it back to the team. Love you, Sarah. God bless you. Thank you all for, uh, for watching and being part of what the Upward Conference is doing. Listen to me. You need to get people. Uh, don't just invite people. Don't just invite people. This is a year you need to bring people. We need to pack this out to the overflow to the point where Upward Conference is having to put up tents outside with big screens for people to be able to see. This needs to be so packed out that it's just like mind blowing, you know, that, you know, it, it's, it's just, this is, in my opinion, the premier event for young people in the United States of America, because where else are you gonna go? And I know there's other places and people that are doing it, but where, where are you gonna go that's free, but is also, you're gonna have such a uh, high end, and I'm not referring to myself, but high end speakers that are brought in, high end, um, you know, bands and also, um, uh, performing artists, hip hop, where are you going to go for free and have all of this quality plus the manifestations of the Holy Spirit where people are getting free, delivered, baptized in the Holy Ghost and healed. And, you know, it's an amazing opportunity. So don't just invite people, man, bring people. I, I've told the story multiple times of when I was in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and that kid got brought by his friend right as he was getting ready to commit suicide. And the dude was really ready to pull the uh, trigger and his cell phone buzzed and his friend invited him to youth camp. And it was like, okay, I'll go. It saved his life. You don't even know who you're touching by bringing people to Upwork Conference. So I'm telling you, this is a year uh, to not just invite, to bring. Uh, Addie said, what advice would you give someone on being completely spirit-led while starting, um, starting a ministry? Uh, fast and pray. It's what they did when they launched ministries in the New Testament. We don't launch ministries flippantly. We do not launch ministries flippantly. Fast and pray. Get the mind of God. As I said, spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. We don't launch ministries flippantly. And so, I, you know, you know by the Spirit, I'm called into ministry. So I'm not questioning that. But you do want the hand of God on your ministry, uh, because the Bible says in Psalm 127 and verse one, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. And unless the Lord is guarding the city, the watchmen walk the walls in vain. So uh, there's no point in doing something God's not in. So rather than coming up with a good idea and asking God to get on it, discover God's idea and get on that. And that you, you'll see so much blessing from just just doing that. That's a very wise question to ask, Addy. Excellent question. Anybody else? I, I love answering these questions best that I can. Anybody else before we flip it back to Cody and the team? I really love you guys, man. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year.
And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.